Before we start, we would like to congratulate our best friends, Bob and Eli, on the birth of their baby girl. Start clapping. Listen to this. Oh, applause break. Um, he can listen to this on his terrifying drives the first month whenever he yeah. takes the baby anywhere. Yeah, so congrats, guys. Congrats. Yas, queens. Yas. All right. Kill the intro. Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast, where we ride you on our handlebars through the very best and sometimes the worst parts of pop culture media. I am your host, Jake, and not alongside me, all the way from his home, my co-host, Luke. My studio apartment. I'm just kidding. I have a house. (laughs) Sorry. Per usual, we start off with news, and for our first piece of news... Marvel confirms Shang-Chi 2, and they also plan a new Disney Plus spinoff series. So, the director of Shang-Chi, the first one, Dustin Daniel Creighton, has formally signed on to write and direct Shang-Chi 2. <sighs> what a surprise. Yeah. Successful I seen movie the brings first back one yet. successful. Yeah, it's because you don't understand dragons, apparently. I don't know what dragons are. Dragging these nuts across your face. Oh, he's also signed on to create a new secret Marvel series for Disney Plus. A secret one? Secret one. It's probably just going to be about Aquafina's character. Speculation. Just Aquafina's character? What else do you think it could be? Uh, It could be Shang-Chi's sister, because spoiler alert for Shang-Chi, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I know Luke doesn't care, but spoiler alert. Three, two, one. Uh, at the end of the movie, Shang-Chi's sister takes over the Ten Rings terrorist organization, which is like a worldwide mm-hmm. terrorist organization. Um, she might be like revitalizing it, revamping it as like a good person organization, but who knows? Confirmed that the Ten Rings is Marvel's version of Om Shinrikyo. Um, yeah, who knows? Because usually the trope is that sibling is evil yeah and then there's like that whole like hero quarrel like i gotta stop this evil but it's my sister and yeah like there's always that whole showdown yeah there's always that whole showdown where like the hero is like seconds away from defeating their sibling but then they remember the time that they had fun as kids or whatever and they forgive their sibling (laughs) uh and in related news Racists everywhere that only want big, strong white dudes to play superheroes are in shambles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that surprised me. Like, I seen the actor, and I was like, because when you think Marvel, like, heroes, they're always, like, freaking Ant-Man and Captain Thor. America. Like, yeah, like, huge. And then I saw the actor, I'm like, hmm, he I didn't mean, have the same workout routine. I mean, he's still, like, a bigger guy, yeah, but he wasn't, like, still jacked. Yeah. yeah, but you can't really be jacked if you... If you're the master of kung fu, that's true. I mean, I guess, but he, Bruce Lee was pretty jacked, but he also didn't do kung fu. So he was super that. toned. He wasn't jacked. Yeah, true. Trust me, I know. I look at his shirtless picture every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> you're like, oh, be like water. Okay, what do you got next? Warner Brothers finally 
release their synopsis on the Batman. So far, we've only been when like what the movie was truly about from like the trailer and then a little bit that the director gave to us. But they actually released a, a long version and it goes a little something like this. How long is it? Uh, it's not that long. It's a whole essay. 4,000 words. It's, it's about a paragraph, about less than 100 words. Okay. You ready All for right. this? See if I can read it. Wait. Uh, All right. I'm ready. <laughs> when a killer targets Gotham's elite with a series of sadistic machinations, a trail of cryptic clues sends the world's greatest detective on an investigation into the underworld, where he encounters such characters as Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, and Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. The Penguin. A.k.a. Catwoman too. Yeah. Uh, as the ev- evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear, Batman must forge a new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued Gotham City. So, I mean, it's a Batman movie. It's a Batman movie. Yeah. Like, I was expecting... I don't know, something that was going to be groundbreaking, but it's every other Batman movie. But I'm still going to watch it, and it's probably going to be great. Yes, I'm going to watch it at least two times. At least two times. Maybe once if it turns out to be terrible. Yeah, and that, that sort of leads me into my next story, is that HBO Max has already developed, or is developing a planned spinoff centered around the Penguin. Colin Farrell is going to be playing him in that as well uh the only projects i mean the only details that the project is giving away says the series would would dwelve delve let's try that again (laughs) the series would delve into the penguins rise to power in gotham's criminal underworld so not much there to like yeah speculate on but run-of-the-mill gotham batman story yeah Uh, but i mean if they do it right it could be pretty good i'm sure unlike Unlike Batman v Superman, that was that was good. I started watching it. Good. I started watching the Ultimate Edition yesterday, and it was just. I mean, I'm sure it gets better, but I'm like, it's a three hour movie. I'm only like a half, no, a little bit over an hour into it, and it's slow going. Not gonna lie to you. (laughs) I mean, continue watching it, and you'll see Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor give. A senator a jar of pee and i actually seen that clip online and he awkwardly shoves a jolly movie. rancher into someone's mouth i already seen that one too seen that part in the movie yeah. I'm, I'm 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 gonna continue it i just i was like literally an hour and a half and i'm like there's nothing happening so i'm just gonna take a break you're gonna slow go watching a slow going movie yeah probably watch it in three parts but i, I wanted to do that so i could watch the four hour snyder cut again you're gonna watch you're gonna rewatch the snyder cut i think so it was Holy good shit. it held my attention i watched it twice and as i say two when done <laughs> now we continue the story okay for my second piece of news sony drops a first look at spider-man across the spider-verse so they re- released a clip as of this recording yesterday i think uh, i haven't i haven't checked it out yet uh, it's a clip of Miles Morales being reunited with Gwen Stacy, and Gwen Stacy comes through some sort of portal, and clearly some time has passed, as they look a little bit older, even though Miles is still listening to that, what's his name, uh, Post Malone, still listening to that same Post Malone song that was from the first movie. Oh, dang. Post Malone's getting paid then, Jesus. Yeah. 
Miles jumps through the portal and gets quote unquote attacked by Spider-Man 2099, aka Miguel O'Hara, voiced by the spectacular, as always, Oscar Isaac. See, that's a storyline I never even knew about. Spider-Man 2099. Is that new for the movie or is that uh, yeah, comic book canon? Uh, it's comic book canon. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it is revealed that this movie will be a part one. Ooh. So it's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse part one. Deathly Hallows. Going to be released in theaters Friday, October 7th, 2022. And they're filming part one and part two back to back. So hopefully we'll get part two the following year. I like it when they do that, where they don't like wait to film the second part of a two part or three part series. They just film them all together and then edit yeah. it or whatever. That's what they did with um, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. It, and it, I it, think like Lord of the Rings, a couple of those movies. Yeah. Cause like, I think it was, yeah, the final two movies maybe that Lord of the Rings did that with, but I feel like when they do that, you don't lose like, Whenever you watch like a sequel and like it, some time has passed and like the actor looks older a little bit and you can like tell time has passed, you're like, yeah, this doesn't really bring me into the, like, That's it's supposed to things. take place right afterwards. Yeah. Like stranger <laughs> things, but time, they, they say time's passed in those. So that that's fine. But if it's supposed to be like, this takes place where the last movie left off, but there's been like Ooh, five that, years in between. That's it. Chapter two. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like how they flash back to when they were kids and they're clearly older. Yeah. Yeah, that that bothered me. All right, Luke, what is your third piece of news? I know. Yeah, I guess. Third. Yeah, third. third. Let's go third. Um, speaking of Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield sat down with Wired and aggressively denied being in the new Spider-Man movies again. Uh. When asked, he said, no, I'm not. I'm not, exclamation point, for crying out loud. He said exclamation point? Well, I just wanted to state that he was yelling. (laughs) He got very aggressive with the interview, no. He Uh, yelled, exclamation point! (laughs) Exclamation point! Uh, But I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the next movie, because I just love them. And that's as far as the story, but like, I wanted to bring this up, because I don't know if if anybody's thought of this or if we thought of this has stated it before. So like he keeps denying that he's in the movie and we have no, no word from Toby Maguire. Yes or no. But what if them as actors actually aren't in the movie? Like they never actually take the mask off. So like they have this just spider men, right? Cause Sony owns the IP spider to that. People. Yeah. And then, like, they just have voice actors. Because, like, when they're in the suit, it's just voice actors most of the time anyway, because a bunch of CGI shit going on, you know? Could Sony be doing the whole bait and switch where, like, they want us to be excited because there's those rumors that they're being in there? But it's actually just a couple of, like, stuntmen and costumes, and then they just have voices that sound similar to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's doing the voice acting? That's what they did on... Doom Patrol for Robot Man because Brendan Fraser's the the voice, but there's yeah. a different guy in the suit. And so, same with Negative Man, uh, right? They have a different character or a different actor that does the voice, that, or another actor that uh, wears the wears the suit. Um, right. I would like to think that, like, I know Sony would do that, but I don't, I'd like to think that Marvel wouldn't. But I mean, I I just never thought of that. I'm like, what if they're not actually in the movie and Andrew Garfield's not just lying out his ass the entire time? 
I'm sure he is lying out of his ass. It's probably, I'm sure it's he probably is a, too, but it's I, probably a publicity stunt. They, they probably asked Toby to do it. And he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm good." Yeah, I mean, I, I there's probably like a huge NDA. Like you say anything, yeah, you you lose out on whatever revenue or whatever. But and you never. I, I just was thinking, like, I don't know. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they never take off the mask to actually show the actor. So it could be anybody. I mean, if if they want to make a bunch of money, then they'll have them take take off the mask. Who started the whole rumor anyway? Like, was it just fans, or was there like? Yeah, it's probably just fans. So this whole thing could be blown out of proportion, and they were never actually going to be in the film. There's quite semi-solid, concrete evidence that clearly something's going on. Like when we talked about the big fight. That's true. And something and, and, and the lizard gets punched or kicked by something that's true uh, maybe and but we also could have stated that may have been doc ock because of your whole theory like yeah is the red and blue so he turns good or whatever so who knows but i just thought it'd be worth speculating upon how much is it worth to you uh whatever we get for that ad read at the beginning one penny one penny one penny per 10 episodes hell yeah and lastly for our final piece of news this week, Amazon Prime announces the Boys Diabolical Animated Anthology Series. So at CCXP 2021, which is like a Comic-Con-esque type deal, Amazon formally announced The Boys Diabolical, a new eight-episode anthology series set in the same universe as the show. And Watch I re- The Boys? Yeah, yeah. I've read the series. The Boys is is very tame compared to... Is it? Yeah, yeah, because I've seen the like trailers or commercials for it, and I'm like, ah, maybe I should check it out. But it never like piqued my interest enough to like make me want to actually go and check it out. I was just wondering if you've seen it and it was good or not. It's it's still a dope series, is it? Yeah, I read the the series after watching the first season. And I was like, damn, dude, this fucking first season is amazing. Then the second season, I'm like, eh, they're changing some stuff. I don't know how I feel about this, but I I still enjoyed the second season. All all the actors play their play their parts really well. Is there only two seasons? Yeah. Are they still making it, or was it yeah, cut yeah. after two? No, they're still making it. Okay. I mean, it's not on. It's not out of the realm of possibility for things to not have too many seasons. So, uh, aka I, Swamp Thing. Yeah. Rip. Well, I mean, I I think we're better off that than like Swamp Thing being canceled because after it got canceled, the whole season got put on the CW. So if it would have continued, then the CW would have fucking ruined what 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 it was. Oh yeah, I mean I yeah that was just one of those shows. that was like I was excited for, it, and then it came out, and it was fine. There was a lot more like actor drama than there was of like actual Swamp Thing, but yeah. I liked I liked the show, and then it like was canceled mid season of the first season. I'm like, oh come on, you haven't even given it a chance to like change and get better. Yeah, fi- find its legs. Yeah. All right. Anyways, back to the boys' diabolical. I have, a, I have a quote. Surprise! We're almost finished with eight episodes of our animated series, Diabolical," said showrunner Eric Kripke via Collider. We gathered together some incredible creators, and we gave them one rule. Just kidding. There's no rules. <laughs> they blew the doors off it, delivering eight completely unexpected, funny, shocking, gory, moist, emotional episodes. Oh, uh, he said moist? You think the boys is nuts? Wait till you see this. And then I have in 
parentheses having rather comics the show isn't that nuts <laughs> uh i i i'm all for it i mean i'm not even one of those guys that like hate the word moist but a moist show sounds terrible like as a descriptive word yeah it's like he thought of every every word he could think of <laughs> yeah and he's just like oh screw it moist i i definitely will watch it or at least check out the uh, first episode I will let you tell me if it's good or not before I make my decision. And then when I tell you it's amazing, you still won't watch it. Probably not. It's who I am as a person. <laughs> You're almost out of quarantine. You're never going to watch anything ever again. <laughs> yep. I've watched a lot of things, which actually leads us to our next segment. The Ooh. fan favorite. What's it called? The, the aptly named What We're Reading and or Watching. It's called the aptly named What We're Reading and or Watching. It's the longest name of a segment on Earth. What have you been watching? So, Jordan and I have been watching Christmas movies. Heck yeah, which not, ones? Not copying you or anything. Liar. Uh, we watched The Santa Claus. Oh, you're not copying me? Home Alone. Oh. And Elf. Oh, uh, see, didn't watch Elf yet, so you oh, got me there. And, and Jordan forced me to watch Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The stop motion one? Yeah. The Oof, I'm sorry, bud. Yeah, I loved those claymation shows when I was a kid, but now I'm just like, Bleh. yeah, same. I used to watch all of them, even like the year without a Santa Claus and stuff. But now it's like mm, I could do without them. Yeah, there's better movies out there. But you you didn't watch Jingle All the Way. Not need to do yet. That. I need to do that. I don't know if Jordan likes that movie or not. And something I'm like very disappointed in this year is the fact that me like Jim. Yes, you. You're getting cold, sir. Jim. Um. Jim Carrey's The Grinch yeah. isn't on any streaming services. I thought I saw it on HBO Max. I, I looked. It was not on there. I had to, like, Peacock has the um, animated the one? cartoon, and then it also has a play, like a musical, mm. which is not good. You, you, you watched it? Yeah, I tried watching it with my kids, and my <laughs> kids didn't care. I'm like, I don't care either. You're like, thank but, God, I can turn this yeah. off. But, um... Uh, I ended up just purchasing it on the Xbox store for like six ninety nine or something like that, so I can just watch it whenever. Eh, I like it. It's, it's, it's I, one of my favorite Christmas movies. I, I wouldn't movies. pay more than like two ninety nine for it, but it's yeah, it, it was oh, cheap oh, enough. Uh, there's this new show on HBO Max from Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen called Santa mm-hmm. Inc. It's okay. It's like an adult animated show. We got through like 10 minutes of it and it was fucking terrible. Oh, okay. It I was, thought you were I thought you were going to say it was good like I was like ready for I mean Sarah Silverman and Seth Rogen. It, but there was just them swearing for the sake of swearing. Oh, come on. Terrible jokes. Cringe ass characters just not good. All right. Keep talking, baby. Maybe you'll tell me something I don't already know. Well, I've been watching, aside from the aforementioned Batman v Superman, I, I wanted to go through and watch all the Superman movies, so I started with Man of Steel. Yeah. And I don't know, how'd you, how'd you feel about that movie, first of all? I thought the tornado scene was dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, his... Unnecessary. His dad was like, oh, don't save me, but he could have been there and back before... Anyone yeah. would have fucking noticed. Well, I, I think that what they were going for is because of all those people, like, 
the dad was like, don't show your powers because he wanted, he was so adamant about him keeping them like a secret, you know? Yeah, but Superman could have, like... Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it was it was stupid, but I get it. He could have ran, grabbed his dad, put his dad, like, 100, 100 yards away so people were like, oh, what happened? And Pa Kent could have been like, oh, shit, the tornado spit me out over here. And That's true. Clark would have been back before anyone even fucking noticed. That's but, true. Um, I, is there, like, an extended cut of that movie? I don't think so. Because, like, that movie needed more movie. Yeah, and the pacing was real weird, and less other things. Yeah, and like the fact, like the whole Lois Lane like love angle, they just, I think they just relied on the fact that like we know that he's in love with Lois Lane. Which if you don't, <laughs> you don't, you're but a they, loser. But they like never, I don't know, made it. I don't know. All of a sudden, they were just like in love. Yeah, and so, but aside I, from that, the movie's pretty good. Yeah, I loved it when I first saw it. I still really enjoy it. Like we could have just done with like him not being a bus boy at that diner. Yeah, but they wanted to show off like him showing restraint and patience and shit. But and then also like being able to take that dude's truck and put yeah. logs all through it and stuff. So I get there were scenes that were unnecessary for sure, and some necessary scenes weren't in there. But as far as like the I don't know how it all played out with Zod and the. uh the, like terraforming the planet and stuff like that was all good and i like that the fact that like when you start batman versus superman it ties in bruce wayne oh from angle to that scene yeah, yeah. so I, I liked it i like i said i still need to finish batman v superman because it's so slow in the beginning i but, re- i really loved fucking michael shannon as as general zod yeah yeah like i didn't know that was his name but I watched him in a Boardwalk Empire, and I liked General him in Zod? that. Yeah, General Zod. Uh, he was he was a great Prohibition era policeman. I loved the Smallville fight between Zod and his henchmen, his his hench people. Oh yeah, that, that was pretty intense, dude. I, I'm I'm kind of glad they like brought upon the destruction, mentioned it in Batman versus Superman because I'm watching Man of Steel I'm like you are destroying so many fucking Dude, buildings right now so many people are pissed about that it's like this is his first fight I I know but it's like <clears throat> like what do you expect I him to I, do I wasn't mad that he was destroying buildings but you it would have been like I don't it would have been weird to like destroy all those and then just never mention it yeah. like you burnt down or broke down half a metropolis and they're just like that's fine we'll rebuild you know there, I, I like that the fact that like in Batman's whole like I guess beef with Superman is stemmed from him being able to destroy Metropolis as easily as he did, you know. Being racist. Yeah. Have you been reading anything? Nope. It's been like three days since we recorded our last podcast. <laughs> yep. So no. Well, I will tell you that I have not read anything either. Nice. We're doing great. Still on my nightstand, just staring at me. Luke's still on his nightstand. Yep. From books we haven't read to articles we've had, it is our clickbait of the week. Clickbait of the week. Okay, so like we said, it's only been two days since our last recording because Luke got COVID. Ooh. So he stayed home. It's worried about other people's health in addition to his own. 
Trying to get people sick. Okay, so... I'm going to get super spreader tattooed on my back. He was not able to find a um, clickbait article because slim pickings, but I was able to find one titled, Kevin Feige dumbs down woke Hawkeye Kate Bishop for Marvel audience. And the the article states, the trolls are out in full force in response to me pointing out how woke the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus is completely tanking so much that it has lost 200k viewers within five days from its first to second episode. That means... Really? (laughs) According to this guy. Wow. That means fans didn't watch the second episode. And no, that doesn't mean they watched it the next day. It means they didn't watch it within the five days it was available. So if episode one was so good, 200k fans didn't watch it right away as it was available immediately. But they tuned in at a later time. Yeah, I don't think so. But it (laughs) shouldn't come to a surprise as nothing from Marvel has been a success on Disney+. Plus. Oh my god, this guy is a snarky <laughs> asshole. At first, I thought the trolls were simply defending one of their favorite characters, which I can relate to, Kate Bishop. But upon doing some investigating, it seems they're just a bunch of MCU shills, as they know nothing about the character, who was never all that popular or a big seller in the comics to begin with, much like Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Stu just hates women. <laughs> Yeah, he does. My Twitter. I feel feed, like he's used the word sheeple a lot, too. He just sounds like the type. My Twitter feed has been lit up in response to my Hawkeye article going viral, where quote-unquote fans tweeted at me that Kate Bishop isn't woke or has lambasted me for stating she wasn't shown to have trained in anything, only that we were told that she was, parentheses, bad storytelling. God. <laughs> Admit- <laughs> Admittedly, I never read any of her comics, and I'm not even a Hawkeye fan to begin with, as I find the character boring. Bows and arrows and no superpowers? Really? And able to fight Ultron bots? Do the J.K. Simmons J. Jonah Jameson meme? So this dude just hates Hawkeye and Kate Bishop to begin with, so... I feel like this dude doesn't cook or do the dishes, because that's for women. Yeah. Idiot. I'm talking about woke culture. But doing a bit of homework, I can say Kate Bishop is definitely woke. Now, I also found out something interesting in regards to the Hawkeye series not showing Kate Bishop training, parentheses, they did for Echo for some reason, and that Kevin Feige ditched a huge part of Kate Bishop's origin story, which I think takes a lot away from the character and what makes her who she is. Um, and second part of the article, Hawkeye Kate Bishop is woke. Before we get into what Kevin Feige omitted and dumped down for his zombie MCU audience who, like a zombie, munches on anything Feige throws at them even if it's a turd wrapped in glitter, parentheses, phase four. Check out (laughs) official descriptions for the comics, which in regards to being woke, as I have explained many times in the past, is when an original character, parentheses, usually a white male, is replaced and made out to look bad as the politically correct agenda is pushed at the expense of that original character. Sure, quote-unquote woke wasn't a term back then, but things were still motivated by political correctness. Otherwise, why didn't Marvel create new characters? But, of course, Marvel didn't, and the re- they replaced a bunch of fan favorites, parentheses, Quasar, Nova, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, etc., which eventually led to more popular characters getting replaced and is something that, quote-unquote, coincidentally fits in with Kevin Feige's woke MCU. Then, oh shit, I thought we were almost done with the article. 
Oh, man. Okay. There's more. There's more. Kate Bishop is a better version of Hawkeye. This description says Kate Bishop is a better version of Hawkeye. Parentheses also recall Renner told Bishop she's the bestest in the world after what? Being with her only a couple hours? Description. Uh, I, I don't know if this is the official description or the changed words, but here it goes. Remember Hawkeye? No, not that Hawkeye. Our favorite Hawkeye, the chick who puts the hawk in Hawkeye. The butt-kicking hero who had to save the other Hawkeye's butt all the time. Yep, you know her. It's the dazzling Kate Bishop making her solo comics debut. Kate is heading west and returning to Los Angeles with her bow and arrow and PI badge in tow. There are crimes to solve, and she's the best archer to handle them. The City of Angels has a new guardian angel. The talented duo of Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero bringing you a Kate Bishop like you've never seen her before in a brand new ongoing series that really hits the mark. This guy just sounds insufferable to hang around. He sounds insane. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Okay. Sounds like he lives amongst a pile of stiff socks in his mom's basement. There is a lot more to this article. I'm just going to read like the paragraph headlines. Yeah, give me the Snopes or the, the cliff notes. Cops are bad in Marvel's Hawkeye. Blah, blah, blah. Eight Bishop's friends are SJWs. Oh, blah, Jesus. blah, blah. Hawkeye Marvel Comics writer is a huge SJW. Blah, blah, blah. Kevin Feige omits Eight Bishop's sexual assault origin. Why would you even want that included? <laughs> this dude wanted to see that in live action. Uh, I guess. And that's all I got for that. Fuck this. What? I feel like this guy probably should have signed like the bottom of this article written by whatever his name is, Trump 2024. Matt McLoin. Matt McLoin, Trump 2024. Let's see what some of these comments have to say on this article, if there are any. Hmm. Someone wrote an essay. A bunch of replies. Someone else wrote an essay. A bunch more replies. Essay, essay. Nah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, let's, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This guy. How does he keep getting work? Uh... I wonder if he owns the site. Let me Google He that. probably does, yeah. Cosmic Book News. Don't ever go to Cosmic Book News unless you're crazy you person hear like he is. Wrong, wrong tones about woke culture. But plus, plus, like, why does it have to be labeled woke to just not be an asshole? Like, he just wants those clicks. Uh, is there an about page? They don't have a Wikipedia. Oh, that's, well, that's credible. Wait, Cosmic Book News staff. Editor, publisher, Matt McLoin. There it is. He's the editor and publisher. Established in 2008, Matt, Mc- oh, yep. Matt McLoin yep. created it and designed <laughs> Cosmic Book News, an independent website that covers entertainment news, including movies, comics, TV, video games, and more. Cosmic Book News has started to promote the Marvel Cosmic comic books. 2007 Nova and 2008 Guardians of the Galaxy series. Parentheses, Marvel Cosmic Comic Book News, hence Cosmic Book News. Mm. Expand from there, Matt writes the content and regularly attends comic conventions and more. Does that have a picture of him? Yes. Is he like 300 pounds? No. But he looks no? Like, looks like someone that got bullied. Oh. Makes sense. It's him versus the world. Does that have his Twitter so people can go and Call him an idiot. Uh, he does, but I don't want to give him any more attention than. Yeah, that's true. Reading Cancel articles. Him. Only got three hundred seventy-five followers. What a loser! 
Wait, so he was talking about getting blown up on Twitter and he only has 375 followers? Oh, yeah. Sorry, bud. You're not as important as you think. Cosmic Book News. You're not even verified. 8,400 followers on Cosmic Book News. Loser. All right. Fuck that guy. Uh, And for our next segment is... Speaking of losers... Speaking of losers, that's us. <laughs> it's time for Real Good Movie of the Week. Real Good Movie of the Week. Okay, last episode, we got the unfortunate task of covering Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Apparently, there's like a whole trilogy of these. Did you see that? I saw like there's- Mega Shark versus something else. There's Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. Yes, and there's Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Yeah, this movie came out in 2009. It's about the California coast is terrorized by two enormous prehistoric sea creatures as they battle each other from supre- or for supremacy of the sea. Directed by Jack Perez, who also directed Some Guy Who Kills People and Wild Things 2. Wait, Wild Things? Oh, Wild Things too. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, where the wild things are for some reason. Oh, he fucking wishes. Wasn't that... I was like, wait, what? Wasn't yeah, that's Spike De- Jones. Oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking Guillermo del Toro. Oh. I mean, uh, I mean that makes sense. Stars Lorenzo Lamas. He's apparently from Greece and Falconcrest, and... Yeah, I've heard of his name before, but where was he? Who did he play in this movie? Because, like, the pictures that I've seen of him online don't match any of the characters I've seen in I the movie. I have no idea. He was just... The top build cast, <laughs> so I figured. Yeah, like I don't think he was actually in this movie. Like I added him before I watched the movie. Uh, also stars Debbie Gibson, who was in one episode of Lucifer. She also is in uh, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, reprising her role. Not surprised. Apparently, she was a songwriter. Yeah, like that, back in the seventies or something like that. She had some international hits, I guess, but I've never heard of her. Me either. Also, like, she's 51 now, and this came out in, what, 2003? 2009. 2009, so she was, like, late 30s in this movie, mm-hmm. and she, like, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, she didn't look late 30s. I was like, dang. Dang. All right, let's get into talking about this piece of shit movie. This hour and a half that I will never get back, which seemed like three and a half hours. Yes. Okay, so the movie starts with drone footage sweeping over mountains, which is probably stock footage. Yeah, and terrible CGI. And then there's some more stock footage of sharks underwater. Then it shows someone piloting a terribly animated deep sea submarine vehicle. I just noticed anytime we say animated, it's animated terribly. Because <laughs> the effects in this movie were not good. I have that associated every time I say animated or CGI. <laughs> and it cuts to the Chukchi Sea off the Alaskan coast. We're at the. I've never heard of before. Maybe. I don't even know if that's a real place. Might not be. We're at the Aviation and Missile Command Sonar Testing something or another. More terrible CGI, but this time of a glacier breaking apart. That was the worst CGI, dude. <laughs> so Holy crap. Bad. Like, I know this movie's from 2009, but I feel like they got their CGI from, like, 1989, because, wow. They, they got it from a computer running Windows 95. <laughs> yeah. 
And we see two characters in the in the submarine vehicle delivering terrible dialogue. And we see bad CGI sharks. I mean, we should also just say that any dialogue delivered in this movie is bad dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen better dialogue on late night HBO. Same. Cinemax. There's a pilot piloting a helicopter that drops a missile into the water. Missile that drops is a low frequency active sonar, which are apparently illegal in causing a group of whales to kill themselves by swimming into a glacier wall. Yep. A chunk of glacier wall falls on the helicopter, causing it to explode. Yeah, I never understood how that happened because he was like in the air, and then all of a sudden he's like, he gets hit by the glacier wall, and I'm like, you, that, no, that would never happen. Apparently he's flying super close to the glacier. And, like, the, the explosion was done in, like, After Effects from 2001. They just Googled explosion.gif. GIF and, yeah. <laughs> uh, the glacier breaks apart and frees the giant octopus and, I guess, the mega shark, too. Yeah, they, they were both there. We cut to an oil rig in the middle of the ocean, and the giant octopus attacks it, dragging it into the ocean. I think it cuts to black, and we open in California before we see what happens. Uh, then we're on a beach. There's sure. some sort of crime scene taped off. We see some generic guys in suits. There's a chick scientist. She's from the submarine. Her name is Emma, and she meets a fellow scientist named Dick Ritchie. This scientist, I think they just named him Dick so they could call because he is a Dick in yeah. this movie. I think they named him Dick so they could call him Dick without having like the censors get all weird about it. Even though, who cares? You're making a <laughs> Yeah. Terrible low budget film. I'm sure. But like, I did, I'm sure the I Sci-Fi did. Channel won't even air this movie. Oh no! But like, she's said that she like had trouble sleeping, Dick. And I thought she called him a Dick because I didn't realize his name was that. And then it took me a while after she called him Dick several times. I'm like, oh, that's his name. She's not yeah. just keeps calling him Dick. After after he or after she mentioned to him, oh, I've been having trouble sleeping. He's like, try pills. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a dead beached whale that Dick says was cut up by a tanker propeller. That they note that it's the same injury found on a great white up the coast somewhere. Dick says that his ass is on the line because Emma caused over a half a million dollars in damages to the mini sub. That she apparently stole. Yeah, apparently. Or borrowed. I think borrowed. that's what she said. Uh, Dick scolds her like a parent and tells her, Now you go home and think of what you did. <laughs> Emma goes back to the whale at night to examine it because she says whatever killed it was organic and not a propeller. And it cuts to some government security building type place. Here we meet Dr. Shimada. He talks to one of the survivors of the oil rig that says his family thinks he's dead because the government said there were no survivors. Shimada asks what the creature looks like. Uh, the survivor has some flashy flashbacks of the giant octopus. You fucking notice how many times I use that effect? Oh, all the all the transitions were that. Not, like not that even just flash. transitions, but fucking like at one point Emma is having dreams, and they use yep. the same fucking effect. Yeah, it's just fucking so bad. bright lights flashing. That's yeah, terrible. Uh, now we see an exterior view of some more terrible CGI, but this time of a commercial airplane. One of the passengers oh, yes. looks out the window, and the plane gets attacked by the mega shark. I have something to say about this guy, but it has to go on with the next scene, and then I'll, I'll relate it back. Go ahead. Was it him just randomly mentioning that he's getting married in two days or whatever? No, that was weird. 
like stood up, stands up. She's like, sit back down. He's like, I'm getting married in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Who fucking cares? No one asked. No one cares. I just told you to sit back down, sir. Only idiots get married. <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Emma is apparently fired from her job. And it cuts to... Okay, so before you cut, this scene, at the end of the scene, like she, Emma walks away and Dick is still standing there. And there's a dude that walks down the stairs behind Dick. That dude is the same guy from the airplane. They use the same oh, extra really? to be like to walk behind the guy literally after the scene of the, the airplane getting taken down by the shark. I mean, you heard him deliver that line about him getting married. He earned that extra he, scene. He earned that. He doesn't say anything. He just walks down the steps out of frame. But like, I had to rewind it, and I like looked. I'm like, that's the same freaking guy. I wonder if he was like the director or something. He's like, huh, I'm going to put me in this movie and have oh, an Easter egg of me in the background. Maybe. Okay, back to this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, now we're in half Bay Moon, California. Real place? I don't know. This this movie is all over the place as far as locations. It's like constantly in a new place. Um, Emma meets up with her old professor, Lamar something. Uh, yeah, this movie keeps using flashing screen transitions <laughs> i put that in my notes oh so many emma and her professor takes turns looking to a microscope microscope twirling beakers and hitting enter on a computer keyboard the piece that emma pulled out of the dead whale turns out to be a giant tooth that is 11 feet long and they guess that it belonged to the megalodon and then because emma, of course of course and then emma and lamar meet up with dr shimada and Lamar's place, I think. Uh, Emma at the re- airport in San Francisco, and then they go back to the guy with the terrible Irish accent. Yeah, place. Uh, Emma receives a mysterious DVD in the mail, or someone delivers it, delivers it, or something, and it's of the mini sub camera that has footage of the giant octopus. Apparently, and, I couldn't see shit. Yeah, that's. I think they mentioned that. They did, like they they like, uh, like paused it oh yeah because shimada pulled out his fucking drawings yeah they paused it but like like all you could see was like their reflection on the screen like you couldn't see anything actually on whatever the footage was supposed to be yeah it's just like where the fuck did they they get all these cameras because when they're yeah right like I, i don't know how good camera technology is on these mini subs or like actual submarines but like Pretty good, actually. Like their, their video transmissions were fucking terrible. Like yeah. worse than cell phone, or like flip phone footage. Well, you know that that footage in Titanic where James Cameron goes down to like the actual wreckage of the Titanic. Oh, he yeah. actually did that, and that oh, yeah. footage was yeah, great. That was and that clear. was way before this. Or was I? I wish I was at the end already. Same. I said uh, that the entire time of the film. Now, now it cuts again. Now we're on a naval ship in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that is hunting the mega shark. The mega shark swim towards the ship. The ship fires missiles like out the front of the ship, even though the shark is coming from like coming at the ship from the side. So I, I don't know how they expected to. Yeah, I don't hit the shark. I don't know either. And it cuts back to Lamar's house and men with guns. Like, break through the front door and take Lamar, Emma, and Shimada under arrest. Real quick, on the destroyer scene, like, the captain is like, uh, I don't know, 
whatever. Full fire, I repeat. And then it like cuts mid sentence. It's like I repeat, full fu-. and then it cuts back to like the the sh- out like I don't know, long shot of the ship, and then cuts back in real quick to the to the captain going, I repeat, full fire. Like it was just a weird little editing cut that was unnecessary. Hey, the only people that thought these editors were good editors were the editors that worked on this movie. Yeah, because he figured out how to use the flash transition. Um. Oh yeah, they get interrogated by a guy with a ponytail like this is like some 80s or 90s action movie. See, I thought that was Lorenzo Lamas until I looked up Lorenzo Lamas again. I'm like, that's not him. I don't know where this guy is in this movie. <laughs> uh, pony, The ponytail guy is super racist, but it, he mentions that he's an equal opportunity racist. <laughs> and a bigot. Yeah. And a sexist. The group wants to contain the creatures, but Ponytail wants to destroy them. Then they... Take turns doing generic scientific things in a lab. They do their best acting job trying to make it look like they've been working it's night and day. So bad, dude. <laughs> uh, the acting, like, first, and, and the music for this didn't, like, the scenes, the music for the scenes didn't match anything. It was the worst. Emma and Shimada are falling in love because they. Yeah, because. Uh, that's right. That's all you need to know. Just because, apparently. <laughs> that, that, that's what this line in my note says. <laughs> Just because. Yeah. Um, then they share a kiss. Emma tells Shimada that she's going to take a walk, which is apparently code or sex. And apparently, see, this is what I'm talking about with the music. Like, as they're panning down, because they don't show the sex, but as they're panning down to, like, them laying there, like, bongos are playing. Real sexy. That's what I think of every time I have sex is bongos. I, so does Matthew McConaughey. I go bongo, bongo, bongo. We talked about that last episode. Go check it out. Yep. Great episode. Um, Emma and Shimada come to the post-sex breakthrough that they can attract the creatures with pheromones. Ponytail doubts it, but Lamar reassures him that the creatures are horny because they've been frozen for millions of years. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Science. Science. Emma and Shimada share an awkward kiss that is supposed to be passionate, and Lamar's actor has something in his teeth. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like this big, like, chunk of something in one of his Uh, teeth. Terrible. Couldn't just reshoot it. No. Well, I mean, they probably had, like, a budget of five bucks. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're probably working on, like, old, old school, like, actual film reels. I did try to like look up financials for this film, like budget and all that. Nothing didn't even like. I don't know if it made any money. I have no idea. Just undisclosed. Probably they probably use it as like a tax write off. Fuck was I? Oh yeah. Yamada goes back to Tokyo to trap the octopus. Lamar and Emma go back to San Francisco to trap the shark because obviously they got to take the octopus to to Japan. Yep. Can't go the other way. And sharks, sharks are... Sharks are solely American. Yeah, I was going to say sharks are American. <laughs> uh, a fighter pilot tracks the creature, which turns out to be the octopus instead of the shark. I don't know if that was supposed to be a twist or not. But Ponytail tells the pilot to fly lower to get a better signal, and then is surprised when the pilot is attacked and killed. Lamar says that he spoke to Shimada, and the creatures are conveniently heading to where the movie needs them to. The octopus to Tokyo and the shark to San Francisco. And yet another 
naval ship because we don't, we don't we haven't had that enough. We we, we yeah. haven't had enough naval ships. Which the set for this naval ship is the exact set for the yeah. last naval ship. Yeah, another naval ship loads a canister of the horny juice onto a mini sub that La- Emma and horny Lamar juice. are driving. They try to drop the canister of pheromones onto the ocean floor, but but the arm jams. Dun, dun, dun. Ponytail says, "Screw these nerds! Fire at the CGI monstrosity when I get when <laughs> when I give this command." Because that's worked so many times before. They fire a million missiles at the shark, and they all miss because the idiots are bad at their job. Everyone is surprised when the shark is still alive and destroys the ship. Which, that's a theme. Like, destroy shark, miss, or hit, and nothing happens, and then be surprised that nothing happened. Yep. Oh, yeah. Then the shark attacks a Golden Gate bridge, but when it cuts to a different shot of the bridge, the shark isn't in the footage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was like, really... You're going this direction now. Like this movie should have ended by now already. Yep. And now it's like now it's like, oh, I guess he's just attacking the Golden Gate Bridge now. Okay, let's do this. I got approved for a bigger budget, so they had to yeah. pack on another half hour. And the actors were like, I need work. Yeah. During the Golden Gate Bridge attack, so many CGI lives are lost in the attack. So sad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh we probably could have done a better job. With the fucking CGI and animation in this fucking movie. Oh, definitely. Jamada says that Tokyo have had the same amount of luck as the white people have. Ponytail wants to <laughs> nuke the creatures. This boy is smart AF. He just wants to nuke the whole world. Wants to nuke them. Emma is having flashy effect dreams of the exact same events that we have seen in the movie. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's just yeah, like it's... a recap of this terrible <laughs> movie that I didn't needed. There's probably like a huge break in filming, so they had to play it back to remind themselves what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There's no script for this movie, obviously. And Emma has the brilliant idea of having the creatures kill each other. Emma says that while every other animal fled in the Ice Age, the two creatures fought until they were frozen mid-combat. It's like they they completely gave up on the trapping. Because yeah. they're like, no, we need to study these. And then she's all like, I got it. She's we'll like, have them kill it. each other. <laughs> Okay. Uh, they are all on their respective submarines going out to the middle of the ocean to have the creatures fight. Emma, Lamar, and Shimada all take their stupid turns reciting a Julius Caesar quote. The shark attacks the U.S. sub. They fire torpedoes at it, but they, of course, miss. A second submarine fires at the shark, and they hit it. The giant octopus is here now, and it takes down five submarines. I also like the Japanese sub. I love that it's a Japanese sub, but they're all just speaking English. Dude, I have that in my notes. I'm like, <laughs> not, I have it. It says, now we're on the Japanese submarine and everyone is speaking perfect English. Also, motherfuckers just gave like these these scientists like just full power over these submarines. Yeah. They're just like, doing as you command, sir. He's not even in the military. You know that, right? He's just a guy. Oh, he, he used to be in the military. One of them, but, like, even on the Japanese sub, they're like, we're heading this way as you ordered. First of all, he shouldn't have ordered it. Like, the captain, the actual captain should have ordered it. This movie's... It was just stupid. movie definitely hasn't won any any smart people awards. I wonder how many Razzie awards this has won. They're probably like, yo, fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to watch it. 
Um, the U.S. sub tries to lose the shark between two giant rock walls that are dis- that are decreasing in width. The pilot who is piloting the submarine gets increasingly nervous. He pulls the gun on the captain, calling him insane and that he's trying to kill everyone. The sub hits one of the walls. The captain grabs the pilot and Nat- and Emma knocks him out, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what yeah, happened to him. With the worst... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she just yeah, he just kind of goes away after this, but like it was like the worst form of a punch I've ever seen. It was like the punch that you do when you're a kid that you don't know how to punch. It looked exactly like that. And then the Irish guy Lamar. Yeah. He takes over the helm. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Everyone loses the creature on radar for the millionth time. Again. The shark and Octopus cross paths and start fighting. And apparently this is like supposed to be like an epic fight or something. Well, before that, the Octopus grabs the Japanese submarine. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I thought it was just going to rip it in half because it brought down a freaking oil rig. It could do that, but that... it just kind of like lets it go. <laughs> it just like looks like it's going to snap it and it's like, I'm just kidding and drops it. Just put it in a chokehold. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> just put it in a sleeper fell asleep that's why it fell lamar and emma wait no the shark once again attacks the submarine my brain wants to get ahead of itself to get the shit over with dude my brain wanted this then the entire time i was watching it lamar and emma rush to get on the mini sub and the shark bites the main sub in half the japanese marine comes to the rescue and distracts the shark by firing missiles at it and the octopus comes out of nowhere and deactivates the Japanese submarines. Shark and octopus fight again. The shark bites off some tentacles. Blurry animation. Yep. The fight ends with both the creatures apparently killing each other. Shimada comes over the radio, revealing that he's still alive. Emma and Shimada are sitting on a beach. Lamar shows up and shows them infrared images of another prehistoric creature. Credits roll. This movie is finally over. Thank God. Um, negative clap. three out of ten. I give this a solid ten out of one hundred. Out of there, you go. Uh, it's it's not good. It's fucking bad. See, I was like, I was kind of excited for like. I knew movie. this was gonna be bad, but I was like, "There's a, those movies that are like so bad, it's good," and this movie is just so bad, it's bad. It's there's nothing good about. It. Nothing good about this movie. Watch us if you're into smoking weed and you just get really high. Or you... Something so fucking stupid. Or you haven't watched a movie in your entire life because you've been living in a bunker because of the Cold War. And this is the first movie you watch. You probably think it's pretty good. That was me. Because if we keep getting fucking shitty movies, I want to lose my fucking mind. I was gonna ask if there's a filter on realgood.com. Oh if shit! If you could like we, we can do three films or three stars are up, you know, kind of thing. Greater than five. That the lowest is greater than five stars. Doing it. Do it. Holy fuck! If I if I have to watch another shitty documentary, another fucking shitty shark octopus movie. I mean, I kind of want to watch Mega movie. Shark versus Crocosaurus though. Fuck that! Fuck that! All right. Real good randomizer. Drum roll. Do it. Is Jigsaw! What is it? You, you like, when 
You peaked. It's uh, we get jigsaw. Jigsaw. Yeah. About time. Yeah, All so right. That's a real good rating of sixty nine. That that's a good sign. That's perfect. I actually haven't seen Jigsaw. I've watched a lot of the Saw movies. I haven't seen Jigsaw. I, I don't even remember if I've seen all the Saw movies or even half of them. They just all. I think I've watched like the first five. I don't know. There's so many. They just all fucking blend together. Fuck yes. Um, good gore. Jigsaw from 2017. IMDb rating of 5.8 out of 10. Hell yeah. Uh, the synopsis is. Dead bodies begin to turn up all over the city, each meeting their demise in a variety of grisly ways. <laughs> you could put that as a description for any of the Saw movies. Yeah. But, what is this on? Hey, what is this on? What is this on? I'll rent it if I have to. But... Peacock. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Finally. Peacock actually has good films on there. <sighs> Don't sleep on Peacock. Have you ever slept on a Peacock? We don't talk about that. I wish I could just get to IMDb from this fucking website. Can't. Hmm. So Jigsaw kills people. That's every that, song movie. That's about it. Uh, it's an hour and thirty-two minutes long, so it's on par for the rest of the movies. That's fine. I, it probably will keep my interest better than yeah, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. And I'll probably actually enjoy shitting on this movie if I if I have to. I I mean I'm I don't want to shit on these movies. We've got shitty movies. Yeah, I didn't even realize that we should have changed the rating. Sick. Okay. Well, we know from now on. Greater than five. I think. Oh, we'll discuss it later. All right. That's all I got. Anything else from you? That's all I got as well. All right. See you, folks, next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to our executive producer, Justin. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at PopCultureBicycle and on Twitter at PopCultureBike. You can follow me on Instagram at Designs and Luke at LukeKeyway underscore DG. That's Keyway spelled K-E-W-A-Y. If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast at PopCultureBicycle at gmail.com or use the hashtag PopCultureBicycle on Twitter. If you would like to support us, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. 